tell me about this problem like this. It's like if you take a knee on on a field or on, during a national anthem, don't do that. Don't do that to me. Don't talk to me like that. Don't show me that you're, you're, that you're upset that way. If if you go and you march, don't don't do that. You're you're, you're disrupting things. You're making things. You're upsetting the order. Don't do that. Don't do it that way. Well, it's like, well, what way do you want me to tell you something's wrong? What way do you want yeah. me to tell you that you need to do something about this too? It's not up to the to the oppressed to fix the oppressors or fix the oppression. And so what is it that you need me to do? And, and you're saying that I have to tell it to you in a way that's going to make you comfortable. Well, if you're comfortable, you're not going to change. You're not going to do anything. So what's got to happen is that people have got to become accustomed to having these uncomfortable conversations. The only way you get past it is to do it. And it's not just doing lip service. It's not just, you know, making some sort of photo op. It's like actually having a conversation with somebody. What the hell is that? Yes, my name is Brian. What would you say you do here? Stone on air. I'm so happy I could die. I am so happy. I'm so happy I could die right now. I'm so happy since you left me. I could die because I'm so yeah, just kill me now. Welcome in, everybody, to the supposedly for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast, delivered in weekly installments, generally speaking, every Wednesday. My guess is, my hope is, I'll have several new listeners today um, because I'm going to discuss a local Chattanooga situation in pretty deep depth and um, voice my displeasure in, in much of it and just and try to make a roundabout long like walk a mile to go five feet kind of point and it's going to be a pretty loaded up um, segment that uh, I'll, I'll kind of lay that out here more here in just a minute and um, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to do it very carefully and choose my words correctly and I might even have to stop at times while recording this and make sure that I'm making my point uh, efficiently, because this is such a sensitive topic, meaning the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, the front end there, that was a guest on Tony Kornheiser's show. He is a, a local African-American uh, television personality, news channel, and just had him on talking random things on his show. And I thought uh, that his point there was very good. It's a point I kind of made last week that he made uh, more elegantly than than I did. Um, if you are new, the show is roughly around... 55 minutes normally on average, around 50 minutes maybe more closer to an average, but it will be close to an hour. So let's see. Uh, right off the bat here, I am not one to use a lot of language on this podcast. That's changed over the course of the four years. I come from a radio background, so cussing clearly was something you didn't do, you couldn't do, you'd get fired for doing, using the wrong ones anyway. We obviously clearly live in a different kind of world these days. And over the course of the four years, I've added more uh, explicit language in. I, I don't like to do that because I think that it's very simple to use uh, foul language to make a point. And sometimes it's just to do it just to do it is is just kind of trashy to me. So uh, this episode is going to have so much language. It's going to be there's going to be F-bombs and S-bombs all over the place in various different ways. Um, some of it funny, some of it hilarious, actually. And uh, so just know that up front. So if you may be listening and you got kids in the car, the, you're going to get language pretty much evenly throughout the entire 
uh, show. Today is supposed to be the day that I am on my way to Bonnaroo for the Wednesday, the first, the night before it officially begins. A I've been lucky enough to be able to get in early and uh, spend that Wednesday night on the farm when no one's allowed in yet on the on the grounds, and that is one of my favorite nights of the year. It literally is, and um, that's not happening clearly. Let's see what else, what else, what else. Let's just go ahead and lay out the uh, the second and th- final segment of the show, and then I'm going to do today's worst idea and coolest thing, and then I'm probably going to get out immediately here and dive right into a very long middle segment. The final segment is going to be just having fun. I found my iPad, or I've had it, but I had to reset the Apple ID or something, and outside of this iPad that I have that's 10 years old, I've never owned an Apple product in my life, and um, so I don't know how to do anything via iTunes and Apple-related Mac stuff. Well, um, my girlfriend's daughter actually figured out how to reset the uh, Apple ID for me, and I went back into the program that I used to use. That is a fantastic program, but it's um, outdated now for updates. It's a little fire-off screen where I can just hit audio and just play it in all in order, radio station style. It's fantastic. So the last time I used it was two years ago, and I'm going to play all of the audio that was on that page from two years ago. Some of it's pretty funny, and uh, just kind of screw around there. The second segment of the show, the majority of what I think many of the new listeners are here to uh, to listen to, is what happened to local musician Corey French. And uh, I won't go any further into this right now, but it's also going to have lots of sounds from different people, national. And I have a clip from the owner of the camp house. His podcast, Matt Bubsy is his name, and a really good audio clip there, too. It's going to be a fast-moving and, um, I think, a very worthwhile listen. So that'll be coming up here probably you know less than five minutes from right now. So we will just jump right into today's worst idea and today's coolest thing. I didn't stumble on a I was today years old uh, segment today. I haven't stumbled on anything brand new today, so we'll skip that. The worst idea I was in, um, excuse me, we'll start with the coolest thing. I was in Nashville just for the heck of it. And we were watching with my brother, we were watching, uh, comedians and cars getting coffee, which is a really, uh, really cool show. Jerry Seinfeld show. And J- John Mulaney was on there and I recognized him kind of. And, uh, and then we watched like two hours, three hours of his standup and it's absolutely, utterly hysterical. It is so, so funny. And um, so I'm going to use his clip twice. This half of it here on The Coolest Thing Now, and then on the third segment, Rejoin, kind of pick up on the back end of that. This is today's Coolest Thing, comedian John Mulaney. I watched that movie again recently. Marty McFly is a 17-year-old high school student whose best friend is a disgraced nuclear physicist. (laughs) And I shit you not, they never explain how they became friends. And we were all fine with it. We never even asked, you know, that we were just like, mm, who's his best friend? A disgraced nuclear physicist? Okay, yeah, proceed, yeah. No, no, just good, proceed with the movie. I know Back to the Future is a great movie and a hit movie. It's a very weird movie. I just watched it again. It has a lot of weird things in it. Two guys had to go in and sell that movie. Two guys had to go into a movie studio and be like, okay, so we have an idea for the next huge family action movie. And it's about a guy named Marty, and he's a a high school student, and he's very lazy. He's always sleeping late. They were like, okay, okay, is he he cool like Ferris Bueller? 
now. <laughs> but he has a best friend, yeah, you know, who's a, you know, a disgraced <laughs> nuclear physicist. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm confused. This is, this is another student or, oh, no, 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 no. This other guy's either like 40 or 80. Even, even we don't know how old he's supposed to be. <laughs> I love that, it's particularly because I love the movie, uh, the trilogies, Back to the Future, so very much. Again, the second half of that joke coming up later on in the show. And then today's worst idea, just some stupid crap I stumbled on. on I think it was pretty sure it was TikTok. I'm just now new to that. And um, just another example of you, you never know what you're going to stumble on on most social medias, but certainly TikTok and once upon a time Twitter was really bad for this as far as talking from a kid's standpoint, you know, the children's standpoint. Uh, but I just figured we'd go with this today's worst idea. Of any type of fucking threat, threatening character or threatening actions to me, I'm fucking shooting you. So let's just fucking hope that there's no more riots because I promise you. If my life's in risk or I feel I'm at danger, you're fucking dead, bitch. Now go ahead and put that on the fucking news and fucking cry about it. Everybody, no, this person's life matters. This, Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Who gives a fuck? We're in fucking America, bitch. We're not in fucking Iraq or Iran where we're fighting for our fucking lives constantly. So stop acting like fucking terrorists. God damn. Yeah, charming uh, choice of words. Today's worst idea. Coming up next, I'll branch out and spread out on this one for a little while. Obviously, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement is as strong as it's ever been. Much of it is very important. Much of it is very misunderstood. And the lynch mobs online have lost their bleep again. And um, a lot of local people in the creative types the content creation sector of our of our community that is begin we celebrate and want to act like it's the most amazing thing ever cannibalized one of their own and it was wrong and i will get into the details of that coming up next stone on air will be right back he's cool stoneonair.com number 1 defund the police invest in the people Abolish ICE. Stop deporting our Latino ex brothers and sisters. Probation and parole perform reform now. Now. Deprivatize CCA Silverdale. Say that shit. Cause we already paying for the shit. We want the motherfucking shit back to the county. <laughs> and we don't ever, we don't ever want to see a brother or sister die like George Floyd or Eric Garner. Ever again. Ever again. Make the chokehold illegal. Now, Chief Roddick, this is specifically for you, fam. You got the Twitter fingers. Yeah, you know I'm saying you want to repost and post motherfucking pictures. You want to you do it in black and white on Twitter, do it in black and white on legislation. Make the chokehold illegal tomorrow. Make the chokehold illegal tomorrow. Tomorrow. I think that guy's name is Cameron. I can't remember. I might be totally wrong, but I saw a lot of his stuff posted. I think I might be friends with him on Facebook. But that was from some of the demonstrations over the last week or so. So we'll just go ahead and start in order there. Defund the police is is idiocy. That that's we you want to invest more other places? Yes, that's fine. But we're not going to defund um, the uh, 
law enforcement of this country. I, I, I don't understand this abolish and defund words that you're seeing everywhere. I mean, we can make sense. We can make a lot of progress and do things that are good and, and right. And, but defunding the police department is, is not going to happen, first of all, and it shouldn't. Abolish ICE. I mean, again, there's a word, abolish. Uh, Got to have control over the borders. You have to have somebody who who handles that. Now, should it be done differently? Absolutely. Definitely. Um, uh, probation and parole reform. Got no problem with that. Would be a very good thing. Uh, deprivatize Silverdale. I did not know that Silverdale was privatized, and I don't like the idea of uh, for-profit jailing from anybody, uh, but I don't know who I trust more or less. Probably, again, most people don't agree with me on this, because I can elect my government, I trust the government more than I trust like that asshole over there walking around because I don't have any control over him. He'll do whatever it takes to make money, and if that's jailing people, maybe that's what he'll do. And the government will do that as well, but at least I get a say in who the government is. So, yes, if it's privatized, uh, the Silverdale Correction Facility, I would like to deprivatize that as well and then make the choke uh, hold illegal. It looks like in most, or not most, but many cities across the country, that has been happening. And lots of small incremental change has already been happening because of these uh, protests and demonstrations. And uh, that's a good thing. That's a great thing. I don't think there's anybody listening to this that would disagree with that. What we will disagree with that about, though, is how you handle others and what they do or don't think about protesting, about demonstrating, about what what it is they believe in. When your message is love and understanding and prosperity and civil liberties for all, turning your demonstration, your protesting, your message into a you're either with us or you're against us hard line is a bad approach. It doesn't work that well. It falls on many deaf ears. And yeah, you can you can preach to your own choir all day long. That's great. You have to get other people understanding things differently and telling them that, hey, if you don't agree with everything I'm saying, uh, you're wrong and you're, you are the problem. See that in so many social media posts. It ends with, you are the problem. Even if someone believes that, it would be a good idea to leave that part out. This is a very tangled and very misunderstood by much of white America issue that being f- forceful with your um, with your approach isn't going to get you very far. And you're certainly not going to get anywhere with how loosely we throw around the term racist. And this has been a problem for decades, but it seems to be worse here in the 21st century digital age. That person's a racist. He's a racist. She's a racist. It's being thrown around so much, it's losing its meaning. And for some reason, we have normalized it, and it's not, it's not frowned upon like it should. We need to demonize just throwing around the word racist. You, would, you wouldn't just throw around the word pedophile, but for some reason, our culture just allows anybody to just yell at anybody and call them a racist. And now to the local uh, aspect of where I'm going with this segment. I'm not going to call anybody out other than the person who is the reason for the story. His name is Corey French along with Dustin French. They are in one of the best up-and-coming bands in Chattanooga 
right now. They are called The Fridge, along with uh, Dan Pinson on bass from Danimal Planet, uh, Andrew, oh, why is his last name escaping me? Sorry, Andrew, on uh, drums, and uh, Mimic, 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 right? Yeah, anyway, and um, somebody else maybe, I'm not sure. They're, they're one of the bands in town I don't, other than Dan and Andrew, I don't I don't know the, the French brothers. I only know them in passing, like, sup, dude? Like, hey, man, I know who you are, how are you? That kind of thing. But there's no reason to think they're anything other than the, the, the cool people that we all believe that they are the quality people that they are, they also have, I don't know what the business relationship is, but they're the wander, they're Wanderlinger guys. I mean, they're, they're part of the creation of the Wanderlinger Brewing Company. How that intertwines completely, I'm not sure. All I know is, is Corey French now does not have any involvement with that, uh, with that brand. He has been let go. He is unemployed because of a post that he put out on social media. It was, I don't know if he uses multiples, but Facebook was where the lynch mob got him. And what was so disappointing to see was the the response from what seemed to be so-called friends, colleagues, co-workers, part of the content creation community that we all hold so dear. It was really a online lynch mob that drove Wanderlinger Brewing Company to let Corey French go. Okay, so I'm ahead of myself here. Let's back up. This is, I don't know when it was. Uh, it doesn't have a date on it. This is a screenshot. I grabbed it, and um, I was debating whether to read the post, but I decided to, to, to further make the best point of this segment of this podcast. I needed to read the post on Facebook from Corey French. Here it goes. These protests are really starting to agitate me. Let's not forget we are in the middle of a pandemic. There is already proof that it is accelerating the spread. The point was made a long time ago, and arrests are being made, so stop it. Some of you don't even know what you're protesting about. This could end up killing thousands because of one bad man. The sensationalism has gotten a little out of control. It's time to man up and make changes in a legitimate fashion. Whites Whites are getting killed by blacks, too. Black officers also kill blacks. 90% of black homicides are committed by blacks. They are killing each other. They need to matter to themselves, too. And there's something about abortions here that, that I think he did say later that he got the numbers wrong. So 60% abortions uh, they account for with 13.4% of the population. I know that's an accurate number. Uh, African-Americans are 13% of the American population. Back to his post. You can't ignore these facts. And I hate to have to type it out for fear of being called a racist, which is absurd. There are certainly equality issues that need to be acknowledged, But this isn't the way. Racism swings both ways. We could be partly to blame for that, but not completely. It isn't about black lives matter. It's about abuse of power and human rights. I've learned a lot in the past few days, and I hope we all come out of this more unified as a whole and with more love and understanding, instead of rushing to judgment and sensationalizing. It took me a lot of arguing and research to get to this point, but I'm not afraid to change and say that's right for fear of backlash amongst all the rage going around. I'm afraid I owe some apologies. It's a little worded oddly at the end, but you get the point. And that's not a that's not a uncommon approach to use numbers to show where the violence is and isn't happening. And that only tells part of the story. But what about what I just read was racist? What about what I just read would make lead anybody to believe 
that Corey French is a racist human being. Because anybody who knows him, from all accounts that I can figure out, know that that's absolutely not the case. It's throwing around the word very, very irresponsibly. I could think very dangerously. And when these things happen, it uh, it it thwarts the progress that the that the Black Lives Matter movement say so staunchly saying that they're trying to achieve. Now, the most concerning part of this to me is how many people that I know that are acquaintances or very close friends who really just took the torches into that Facebook post and then it spilled into a couple more and it was nasty and it was it was it it, it, up, it was upsetting it disturbed me a lot actually certainly his post is ill-timed tone deaf and insensitive is as bad is as bad as negative of a word as I would use it, it, ignorance certainly all middle class to above Caucasians walking around have ignorance when it comes to the civil unjust of the world because there is the privilege there is the born on first or second uh, at minimum for some that's a real thing that we all pretty much understand is there but yes perspective based that's what all this is is perspective based this was a different perspective and he didn't he was done with the protest he didn't think that they were necessary anymore. And that doesn't make him wrong. And just because somebody thought that protests are necessary for the till the end of time doesn't make them correct. That's just a civil liberty that if you choose to use, you can. It's baked into the, uh, to the Constitution. One of those many things. As much as you want a damn gun, the same amount is, is for, uh, for peaceful assembly. But if you don't want to assemble, it doesn't make you wrong. And if you have a different perspective and you have numbers that are actually not incorrect or made up, you're not doing anything other than being insensitive. And you're sure as hell not being a racist. And that pissed me off. And it still does now. And anybody contributing to that, piling onto that mess and pushing to make sure he was terminated from his job, shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on uh, Wanderlinger Brewing Company for giving in to the lynch mob and to pandering to the just rebel rousers smashing pots and pans together. Anybody who knows me knows this is going to be a, a mostly empty threat uh, because I don't drink craft beer. I think the stuff sucks. Uh, I think all Wanderlinger beer sucks, but I think all Terminals beer sucks. I've thought uh, uh, Big Rivers beer sucked ever since I've had it 20 years ago. I hate all of it. So I'm not going back to Wanderlinger, but I probably wasn't going to go anyway. Even though I do like live music, and I have been there a few times, but uh, I won't be. I won't be patroning them. I don't. I know that they don't care. But I'm trying to put this whole this whole uh, segment together in a thoughtful way that lets everybody understand who might be new to this to this podcast that I do I get it but I think I I get a lot of things I'm not a very smart guy but I can I can examine what's going on and formulate okay I see why that's happening in most things in life I'm not I'm a very uneducated person woefully undereducated but I got shitloads of street smarts and I've I, I I can I can read the temperature of a room really really well. So to the lynch mob types that were out in full force over the last week and a half, I'm on your side. To the Bernie Bros, for the most part, I'm on your side. To the moderate Democrats, I'm on your side. 
to the Black Lives Matter movement, to the the peaceful protesting that's still going on. I'm on your side. And so are guys like Corey French. And the fact that he had to go through this is disturbing because at at worst, he is guilty of ignorance and I just think a little bit of ignorance and and poor timing and and insensitivity. But his perspective at that time was different than others' perspectives. It wasn't racist. And, and, and you could have made a very good point, all the lynch mob types and anybody who was contributing to this, many people are his contemporaries, colleagues, and friends, you could have made a good point by saying, man, come on, dude, ignorance is a little bit messed up here. Let's talk about things. But no, pe- many people were on these threads calling him a racist. And as soon as you do that, you've lost me. I think this is from The Atlantic. It might have been Slate. I don't remember. It uh, doesn't matter because you'd never heard of him anyway. His name is John McWhorter. And he wrote a uh, a piece a couple of years ago called Racist is a Tough Little Word. He was making this grander point, probably hating on Trump. I don't know or care about that. I just went through it and found a couple of things here that I think make a lot of sense to what I'm talking about right now. The word racist, many of us think its meaning is obvious, but it has evolved quite a bit from its original signification over the past several decades. When racist became common parlance, rapidly replacing prejudice starting around 1970, it was understood mainly in its dictionary-style definition. Prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. We sat. What sat in the memory is, it's wrong to think people are inferior because of something like the skin, their color of their skin, or to be mean to them because of that. To be a racist is considered not just a matter of bland categorization, but of evil, a charge only somewhat less damning than being called a pedophile, as chilling a prospect in modern American life as being tarred as a communist was in the late 1970s and the early 1950s. And last little piece here, racist is a word of our times. Indicative that social history does include intellectual progress. It has evolved into a word that asks us a degree of psychological, anthropological, and socio-historical sophistication. So I'll leave that there and kind of bounce around here and talk a little devil's advocate style here. That Because there are so many different angles and layers and peels of that onion of this of this movement that I think is a, is a good thing. And I, and it's making people, even me, I needed to be woken up to a little bit more as well. I needed to pay closer attention to certain things, but back to when I was talking about how, when this turns into a, if you're not with us, you're against us. And if you're not, if you're not part of this voice, you are the problem that how, how difficult that approach is for me, because there's so many different people across the, the, the country of all races that view this differently than the, you know, the, the, the current climate of the black lives matter movement, the black lives matter greater than all lives matter movement. And why is it that you can't vent, you can't sample all of these different views and think about it from different perspectives and talk about it, have that conversation that was mentioned on the front end of this show. You got to have these conversations and it is going to be uncomfortable but numbers don't lie. Sometimes statistics matter. They don't necessarily tell the story you're looking for potentially, 
but they they are relevant to a conversation. Why can't I think Black Lives Matter is a valid movement? And here, this cut from a guy who was posted by uh, Corey French, who I've seen uh, in several different areas of uh, social media world. He's an African-American talking about kind of the same, the same point that Corey was trying to make. Black Lives Matter, right? I agree. I agree, totally. When do they matter to us? But yet, I drove past Golo yesterday and Gary, my brother was dead, Corner was out there. Guess who killed him? It wasn't the police. It was somebody that looked just like him. Somebody that looked just like me. Somebody that looked just like you, black man. So, when do black lives matter? When are we gonna say that black lives matter all the time and stand up to the people in our own communities that take black lives, that aren't police officers? that aren't prosecutors locking them away. Why you is that me? excuse me, why is that something to uh to to downgrade and, and say that's not worth talking about and that's not worth discussing and that's not worth saying out loud no matter what color it is. Why can't I do both? Why can't I be sympathetic to both of the plights, to all of the plights? Her name is Candace Owens. I can't say I'm a huge fan. She does seem to be kind of like, hey, I'm the African-American who is all, uh, you know, Republican, conservative type. But she comes to from her angle. And these are a lot of numbers, a lot of statistics. And they're all they're all accurate. Candace, white people represent 60% of the population and black people represent just 13% of the population. It doesn't matter what percentage of the population you represent, it matters what percentage of the violent criminal community you represent. And unfortunately, black community commits a disproportionate amount of crimes compared to the white community. Let me tell you, 6% of the population, right, black men, 6% of the population account for 44% of all murders in this country, according to 2018 statistics. That is what you call a gap. And yet white people, white people who represent 60% of the population, we represent 13, uh, black men are 6%, uh, only, uh, represent 50% of all the murders, right? That makes no sense. That, that makes no sense. A six-point variation in a community where we are, we are extreme minorities. We commit 50% of all violent offenses, evenly split, and we're only 13% of the population. Why can't okay? I believe that the Black Lives Matter movement is, is necessary and also entertain and chew on the numbers that a person like Candace Owens would give the social media world to consume? I don't agree with everything she says here, but I like the way that it ended, so I kept it for today's show. You want to talk about real statistics? The, the, the police officers have way more to be fearful of in the black community than the other way around, okay? We commit, on average, a, a police officer is 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by a black person than the other way around, okay? So this entire narrative is complete smoke and mirrors. It's all made up. It's just election fodder. It's white versus black because it's an election year, not because black Americans are suffering at the hands of police officers more than white Americans. Do some police officers do the wrong thing? Yes. I don't think there's anybody in the world who has not encountered a police officer and thought this person is an absolute jerk who is power tripping, whether you are black or white. We know they exist. And we know they're always going to exist, by the way, because they're human beings. And sometimes human beings suck. Yeah, that's a great line. That's basically the reason I played that whole 47-second uh, clip. It was because, yes, basically people 
suck. These Remember, these are all African Americans. His name is Brandon Tatum. It's from Prague, 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 I can't remember what the hell it's called. Um, this is one that I, 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 I thought was an interesting thing to hear. I think the, I think every angle is worth listening to. White privilege is the buzzword of the last however long, five years or so. And it's, it's a real thing. I get it. I do understand it to a certain degree, maybe not to the entire degree that all the, I'm going to start calling them the BLM bros, um, but maybe not to the exact degree that they want me to. But I thought this was a really interesting take from an African-American male. To acknowledge your white privilege is supposed to make you feel bad. Only it doesn't. It makes you feel good because by acknowledging your white privilege, you're declaring yourself to be enlightened. And as a virtue bonus, it also makes you a better person than those whites who don't acknowledge their privilege. White privilege, which is supposed to make you feel bad, ends up making you feel good. Meanwhile, the real damage is to blacks. What makes whites feel good makes blacks angry. More than 50 years after the civil rights movement, the message is, you're still oppressed. How can this not create a victim mentality? And anyone of any color who sees himself as a victim gets angry. Why can't I be pro-BLM and want to hear those messages as well? I've got two more to go here. One from to close it out from Matt Bubsby from uh, the Camp House. I loved his podcast he put out. I'll talk more about that here in a few. This is something I found. I believe it was on uh, TikTok about a little less than a minute uh, long. Why can't I want to listen to all those things from people from the African-American community who have interesting thoughts and real statistics and raw numbers? Why can't I embrace that information and also understand this silly little minute-long clip that simplifies the very important nature of the Black Lives Matter is greater than all lives matter movement hey what are you doing oh this house is on fire so we're gonna go help them we're gonna go put out the fire well what about my house what what about my house doesn't it matter is is your house on fire no but like it still matters nobody said that it didn't it's just that this house is on fire and people's lives are at stake if we don't do something about it Okay, all houses matter. What? I thought that was an incredible little just spliced together quick TikTok video. It 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 simplified a very complicated situation. And to say, oh, all lives matter. Yeah, that's that's a stupid take, bro. I didn't used to think that. I didn't know. I mean, well, yeah, black lives matter, white lives matter, all lives matter, right? I mean, yeah, but it's so why can't I do all these things simultaneously to try to come up with my best understanding of what's going on and probably the best uh, clip of audio I'm going to play today is from Matt from the camp house and his podcast that I very very highly recommend you listen to it's uh, 20 minutes long or so and it is so well done he knows his stuff why can't I be a middle-class middle-aged white guy who wants to pay attention to multiple voices to formulate an overall opinion what's going on and still listen to Matt on his podcast and understand the importance of what he's about to say here. Give me 90 seconds. The 13th Amendment abolished slavery. Only for a clause 
to allow the legal enslavement of black people by the state once white communities pass vagrancy laws. The 14th Amendment gave due process to every citizen, only to allow for a system of cash bond that keeps poor black communities in an endless cycle of debt and poverty. The 15th Amendment gave all men the right to vote, only to give rise to literacy tests, poll taxes, and terror to maintain white power across our country and usher in 75 years of Jim Crow laws. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 tried to equalize labor and integrate our schools, only for 60 to 70% of our black teachers to lose their jobs once those schools were integrated, creating multiple generations of African-American and white children who have never had a black teacher. Unless, of course, your kids go to an urban school that is still largely segregated to this day, and you see a teacher turnover rate three to four times that of suburban schools. This list is not exhaustive. There are plenty of sources out there to read about this, and I'll, I'll post some links in the notes to this podcast episode. There's also plenty of stories of redemption. This is why African Americans are angry and in pain. This is what systemic racism is. When you hear a systemic racism and you, you see a bigot in your head, get that out of your head. That's not it. But systemic racism and systemic injustice exists in our institutions. I took a 20-minute podcast and tried to boil down the best point from Matt that I could in 90 seconds just for brevity of, of this segment, which is now 27 minutes long. Um, it's good stuff. You should listen to it. You should go now. You should stop this podcast now and go listen to it because I'm just going to do a bunch of cuss words on the end of this and screw around and try to be funny on the way out the door. Um, this was posted on Twitter the other day. It's uh, just notable. It doesn't even necessarily need to go right here, but I just decided I'd, I'd read it because I've just had it printed out on this piece of paper sitting on my desk. It's from Luke Russert, the uh, son of Tim Russert. I think he's an MSNBC guy. Uh, I'm not sure, but says, the president is 73, his opponent is 77, the Speaker of the House is 80 years old, the Senate Majority Leader is 78, the average age of the House is 58, in the Senate it is 62, one of the oldest Congresses in U.S. history. Stop thinking this isn't part of the problem. And I've said all there is to say about all of that let's have some fun on the way out the door next more of stone on air coming up i'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo at stoneonair.com anyway so one so one day the boy and the scientist they build a time machine whoa okay okay i think i see where this is going now let me guess they they build a time machine and they go back in time and they stop the kennedy assassination Ah, oh, no. No, yeah, that's a really good idea. No, yeah, we didn't even think of that. Okay, well, what do they do with the time machine? Well, now I'm embarrassed to say. No, no, all right, all right, here goes nothing. We thought, we thought, you know, that it would be fun for people if the boy, you know, he went back in time and he, he tried to fuck his mom. We thought that that would be fun. And then, oh yeah, no, but, no, but don't worry. He doesn't, he doesn't get to fuck the mom because this family friend named Biff shows up and he tries to rape the mom, you know, in front of the son. And then the dad, he has to beat the rapist off of her. And we're also gonna say that a white man wrote Johnny Be Good, so we're gonna take that away from them. Jump, jump, it's Marvin. 
I love Back to the Future, but that joke is so good. It's not as funny as it is, well, true, which in turn makes it funny. Man, I love Huey Lewis. I still love Huey Lewis to this day. Alright, so like I mentioned, this is going to be a completely just fluffed out, throwaway, screw around segment. Hopefully you're cool with that. Yeah, it turns out that uh, that John Mulaney dude wrote for, um, ah, Jesus, what's his name? Well, it was Saturday Night Live for a long time, but I think he did some other writing for, um, why am I blanking on Stefan? Um, dude is freaking Hater, Bill Hater. He worked with him on many of his sketches, if not all of them, for a while, and because he, he said on his comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, he said, I'm, it's like, I'm writing material for the Rolling Stones. <laughs> He's like, I'm writing material for the best in the business, and it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty remarkable stuff. So, anyway, that is what that's all about. So here's what happened. So I found I got I got the iPad and I got back in and I got on this jo- Jock Boss is what it's called. And what the problem is is I load everything up into um, a Dropbox and then I would just import it from there. Well, when Dropbox had a big update, they uh, it's not supported anymore by this old app that's been around for probably, I don't know, going on 10 years probably. And I even got a hold of the creators. It, it wasn't even a like a, a big company that did it. It was these old radio guys that also had tech experience. And they made this app and they never and they sold it for ten dollars. It was a ten dollar app. And they never updated it and um, that was that. So I don't know how to get audio into this anymore but so i was gonna the open here is super long i'll just give you a and you can't fast forward on this thing so it's got it's got its limitations but so the open for the day of the show that i did this was when after i was in and this was hell you know 2017 so that's how long is that this ipad has not been working it uh it was when i got back from seeing weezer and it was when rivers came out rivers cuomo the lead singer came out into the lawn and we were standing right next to him. And this is him over the course of a couple of different Snapchats, probably, or Instagram posts or something. But it goes on and on and on. I don't want to bore you with that. Then it's got, uh, at the time, the new Dead Dead song, Nothing Will Be Fine. Incredible song. I'll... Yeah. I won't play much of it. Just hung, talked to Letitia the other day, as a matter of fact. She's doing well. Actually, I'm going to let it get to the chorus, just because it's so good. Nothing Will Be Fine is the name of this. They have a new record coming out soon. And just everything she does turns to gold. One of the most talented, not probably the most talented person I've ever known. Luckily, she's one of my best friends.
Epstein will be fine. Give it a listen. Then there's the Stone's Throw open. It's Stone's Throw. Wait, what? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. So, and then this, these are a bunch. All the rest of this now is just short clips that I kept from different things, and I'll explain what they are as I go along. This one is very short. Thanks for your prayers, but I couldn't give a fuck about them if there's nothing else. That was on CNN, I believe, and it was right after the shooting at the at the newspaper. I believe it was in Maryland. It was somewhere in the Beltway area. Might have been, it could have been even D.C., but somewhere around there, a newspaper, there was a, a, a mass shooting there, and they, I was, I was loving somebody being that raw and real. And here's another one of those. I'm going to need more than some thoughts and prayers. So I kept a couple of these. I thought I had more than that. Let's. Thanks for your prayers, but I couldn't give a fuck about them if there's nothing else. This one is just labeled FLD. And I haven't pre- I looked, looked, uh, previewed these the other day, but I hadn't before I started recording today. Let's see what this is. I just found out there's a parody of me, and I'm not offended. Uh, wait, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Fake. Oh, oh, hold on. I'm going to start. The, fake Leslie Dale. Yes, I forgot about this. Uh, this is Brad Steiner. This is um, uh, the fake Leslie Dale gag they did on the station. Leslie Dale worked for the Times Free Press. Oh, yeah, too much backstory. You either know who she is or you don't. This is a minute long. It's um, it's good stuff. I just found out there's a parody of me, and I'm not offended. Wait, what do you mean? What are you talking about a parody of you? Like, someone is intimidating me on the radio. Someone's intimidating you <laughs> on the radio? Yeah. Oh, no. Do you know who yeah. it is? Uh, I think so. Who is it? It's, it's a girl. I think it's real Leslie Dale, actually. Wait a second. You think real Leslie Dale is impersonating you? Fake Leslie Dale? Yeah, it's really weird. How is that possible? <laughs> science or something. I don't know. I don't think science has anything to do with it. It seems like you're impersonating her because she's real and you're not. I mean, whatever you want to believe. Yeah. Speaking of, I have a fake parody account called Fake Leslie Dale, and I'm not offended by it. I think it's, I mean, it's funny. Someone else does it for you? Yes. So somebody created it. And a lot of people would think that I would be offended by it. It's poking fun at the typical blonde news girl type thing. Woman. Do you know who it is? I think I do. But I'm not offended by it. I think it's all in good fun. That's what I made after the fact. She got mad because they made fun of her uh, her son because he played it was it was so so stupid and so funny and so harmless and she t- tried to turn it into some kind of me too movement of sorts all right let's see nick lutzko makes all those great songs and videos and he's just such an incredible content creator here in chattanooga and he did a spoof on um what's his name from info war uh, info wars i'm totally blank alex jones and Alex Jones the next day talked about it on his show, and I just saved this small clip. The amazing artist, Nick Lutzko. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty cool. The amazing artist, Nick Lutzko. This is a couple of uh, three in a row from Jeff Styles on one of his podcasts talking about the incident, as he calls it, when he got shot in a road rage, road rage uh, incident where he had a hatchet. He went to a gunfight with a tomahawk. I was never going to use the tomahawk 
It was going to be the international sign of what the fuck. And so I saved. Uh, this is this is labeled WTF Super Short. It was going to be the international sign of what the fuck. And this is WTF only Super Super Short. What the fuck. I was never going to use the tomahawk. It was going to be the international sign of what the fuck. It was going to be the international sign of what the fuck. What the fuck. <laughs> so I put that uh, there as things that I would drop in. Let's see. Uh, oh, this is a, was a great Cartman South Park old clip that uh, fits in so many different places. Is this cool or not? I can't tell. I talked right over it. Is this cool or not? I can't tell. Only five more. Back, I guess it was, uh, I think it was the spring of 17, I interviewed the lead singer from Wax Fang, a band out of Louisville who basically got discovered by My Morning Jacket. They never had, they toured with them because they're both from Louisville. They never uh, had that kind of success, but they had a, uh, they had a, a whole, one, I guess just one episode of American Dad. The show that seems just like Family Guy, except not funny at all. I am totally blanking on the singer's name, but he did the entire score for one of the episodes. It might have been a whole season. I can't remember exactly, but I went and watched the episode. It was actually really good. And um, these are just some clips I kept from that after interviewing him and uh, doing research on that. You failed! And that's Michael McKeenan. Isn't that what his name is? Uh, from Laverne and Shirley and Saturday Night Live. And uh, a bunch of other th- uh, Better Call Saul, and this was another one I saved from him, as he was a, a voice actor on that show. Selfish, inconsiderate jerk to fail. Selfish, inconsiderate jerk. Figured those would work out well at times. This is an old buddy of mine, Don Sayers. Hadn't talked to him in quite some time, and he left a voicemail one day. I can't remember. It says whatever, dude. Let's see. Whatever, dude. Oh, that's all it was. I thought there was more to it than that. Whatever, dude. And two more. This is clips of me. I don't remember when, where, or how they put together, but I thought they would probably come in handy someday. What a terrible person. I hate that guy. He's the worst. Screw him. He's, he's ruining America. He's Hitler. I hate him. <laughs> and uh, the final one, and I remember this one listened to the other day, and I, <laughs> I like this one. God damn it, I'm pissed off! <laughs> what a terrible person. I hate that guy. He's the worst. Screw him. He's, he's ruining America. He's Hitler. I hate him. God damn it, I'm pissed off! And I think all these could have worked all through the uh, this, this segment of talking about everything from last segment, even though I didn't want to be flippant in any way, but they'd both fit in at most any point of certainly of the lynch mob that went after Corey French from the local band The Fridge. What a terrible person. I hate that guy. He's the worst. Screw him. He's, he's ruining America. He's Hitler. I hate him. God damn it, I'm pissed off! <laughs> okay, that's it. I am going to put the wraps on the show right there. If you are a new listener and you stuck it out this entire time... Thank you so much. Check back often if you would. Right, Leave a review. Uh, share the post. Like it. Uh, help me get some traction out there. I need some new listeners. Feels like I'm screaming in the woods half the time. God damn it, I'm pissed off! <laughs> and, uh, there you go. At Stone on Air on all social media. I love you to death. Everybody, y'all have a great one. We'll talk to you again next week on June 17th. What a terrible person. I hate that guy. He's the worst. Screw him. He's, he's ruining America. He's Hitler. I hate him. God damn it, I'm pissed off!